Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about biblical counseling and addictions. Most of you listening probably know of someone in your life, a family member, a friend, a coworker, who is struggling with an addiction. Addictions are one of the most difficult and challenging life problems that people face today. And to help us to think through the many dynamics of helping and caring for people who struggle with addictions, I'm very grateful to have with us today Dr. Mark Shaw. Dr. Shaw is pastor of Faith Church in Lafayette, Indiana. He's also the director of Vision of Hope, a residential treatment program for women struggling with life dominating challenges. Uh, He is the author of uh, several books, including The Heart of Addiction and Addiction-Proof Parenting. And Mark, it's such a pleasure to have you here with us today to talk a little bit about uh, addictions. And I'd like to start off just asking you, um, how did you get into uh, helping others who are struggling with addictions? Yeah, I um, had a real burden for people who I was counseling, um, working with addicts, and realized uh, I had issues myself in the same arena. So uh, that kind of led me to be more compassionate and more uh, focused on studying the Word to try to find answers on not only how to help other people, but even uh, solve some of the issues myself. So kind of personal issues got me involved in it and um it's been it's been a great uh uh 20 something years 22 years now of working with people who struggle with addiction yeah over two decades of uh, experience <laughs> counseling those yeah. struggling with addictions <laughs> well as you know in our culture addictions are often viewed as some sort of biological or medical problem in need of medical treatment and other times it's viewed more as a um, a psychological problem in, in need of some sort of therapeutic intervention uh, but as Christians, we understand that we must first let the truth of God, as revealed in Scripture, guide us regarding the problem of addiction, like it guides us in all of life. So with that in mind, um, could you just sort of um, summarize, uh, what's the Bible's approach to addiction? What does the Bible teach about addictions and, and what to do about them? Yeah, I, with addiction, I think you have some distinctives there. I mean, you can see in Proverbs 23, uh, the person who is uh, desiring to be uh, drunk with wine, enslaved by alcohol in particular in that proverb, Proverb 23, you, you see some distinctives, you see some hard issues, some things there to address. But I don't think addiction is anything bigger than what the local church can handle if the local church is equipped in the Word to deal with this problem as an idolatry problem, as a, as a sin problem. Um, uh, there are some uh, things to, that are distinct that you want to address, but again, uh, it is a uh, an issue that can be addressed by those in the church. And I think what we've seen in our culture, they've diseased it, they've made it uh, a medical problem that requires special expertise and, and this and that. And um, while some of that may be true in terms of the withdrawal from certain drugs and and some of the physical aspects of it, as you mentioned, really this is a, a, a sin, sinful heart issue, a flesh problem, and people need to learn how to say no to their flesh and yes to the Holy Spirit 
And it's all a work of the grace of God in the heart, hearts of people. So it's not an issue beyond the church's ability to, to minister to. There's probably people listening to this podcast who are struggling with an addiction of various kinds as they, as they sit here. Uh, what would you say to that person who's listening who's caught up in an addiction? How would you minister hope to them? Yeah, the, it, what, a, what a compassionate thing. I think the first thing you want to instill in people is that there's hope. And it's not hope in ourselves. It's hope in Christ. God works. He's still in the business of transforming hearts. I see that a vision of hope where I work, but I've seen it over the 22 years of counseling. God's done some dramatic things in, in, in people's lives who have struggled with addiction. So there's hope in God that he's still at work. He can still transform the desires of our hearts. And I, I think that people who struggle with addiction need intensive disciple making. They need uh, to go to a local church and get uh, help from the pastoral staff, from trained lay counselors in the church, and uh, prayer partners, and trusted Christian friends, et cetera, et cetera. They need a, a network of people, a small group that they can uh, be in community with and, uh, and, and gather some relationships that are meaningful and helpful and that really speak the truth and love to them. Uh, so I think there are resources available to them that sometimes they, they think, well, those people don't have the special expertise to help me, uh, but that's, that's completely wrong. The church, that we have the expertise of the Holy Spirit and God's Word that uh, can work to, to radically transform desires in the heart. So I would encourage people who are sitting there to go to their local church for help, that there's hope in Christ and that they can be discipled and learn how to deal with this effectively and find real freedom in Christ. Yeah, that's very helpful. A lot of people would never think to turn to a church, um, but that's part of what we see in God's Word is the church community is supposed to be that place for help and hope in the gospel. So, Well, likewise, there's probably friends and family members listening as well who are trying to minister to a friend, a loved one who's struggling with an addiction what counsel would you give that family member or friend who wants to help that person struggling with an addiction in their life? Family members uh, are the ones that my heart really goes out to because they put up with a lot of uh, hard, uh, challenging issues and heart-wrenching things. So um, I think with family members, one, they they want to focus on fixing the addict. And I, and I get that, but I think God wants to do some things in their hearts. And this is a way for them to either trust God more or to see some sinful things maybe that they're doing that they can repent, you know, repent from and uh, begin anew. Some family members are enablers and they, they help the addict to continue to stay in their, their, their wrong way of thinking and their addiction. So, I want to try to help family members with that to see where they're hurting when they really think they're trying to help. Uh, there's those kinds of things. Um, and, and I think we're, for family members too, uh, sometimes you just need to let the addicted person go. Uh, that's a hard place to be. And I think family, I've counseled family members who sometimes they feel guilty that they didn't do enough. They they sent them out of the home. They changed the locks, and they said, "You know, you need to, you need to go figure this out. We're not going to be a part of enabling you to help you, uh, enabling you and watching you die." 
you know, from your addiction. And then it ends up the person does die and they feel guilty about that. Then I've seen the other extreme of the family member who said, well, we're not going to kick you out. We're going to continue to have you live here and help you and work with you and disciple you. And then they die and they think, well, we did too much and they died. So I see family members on both extremes who feel guilt about, you know, whether they did too little or did too much. And so I think at the end of the day, it has to come down to an act of faith, trusting God with either direction you go. You could quote Bible verses on either either side of those two extremes, but um, at the end of the day, they need to say, I did this in faith, whether they said, okay, cast the scoffer out, Proverbs 22.10, and uh, strife ceases is, is kind of how that verse goes. So if they cast them out, they need to do that in faith, knowing that, you know what, they need to experience some of the the consequences on their shoulders of what they're doing, and I'm not going to enable this anymore, so I'm going to let them go, kind of like the prodigal uh, son, the parable of the prodigal son uh, in uh, Luke 15. Uh, some p- parents need to do that. Some families need to do that. But then other families will say, well, I want to k- keep working with them. They're failing, but I want to help them. At the end of the day, they need to do that in faith. So either way they go, I just want to help family members to act in a matter that they are thinking about being faithful to God rather than the end result, which, you know, you just don't know. And I know parents on both ends that have felt guilty about either one. But if you are acting in faith, you know that before God, you're, you're, um, your conscience is clear, you know. So, uh, but I do want to help them with enabling and that kind of thing and identify that. Um, but it's tough. It's tough for family members. It's it's a it's a difficult challenge to to live with or to have a son or daughter who's off making addictive choices. It's it's hard. It's a hurt. It's a hurt in their heart that never seems to go away. Well, you mentioned a moment ago um, the the importance of the local church. Um, many addicts would never think about going to a church for help. Uh, and yet as believers who have been entrusted with the gospel of Christ, the church is called for that very purpose, right, to provide help and hope to people that are struggling. So uh, what can churches do to better equip themselves to minister to addicts and to those families that are loving and caring for addicts, as you were just describing? Yeah, what we do at uh, Faith Church is every, probably every other every other. Um, I don't know, it's every other year, but it's every 18 months or so. We offer a class for family members to come. And I took my Divine Intervention book and I kind of broke it up into 12 weeks. And I do a teaching. And then at the end of that, I have the family members break off with facilitators who then talk about some of the some of the teaching that we just covered, as well as <clears throat> some of the uh, issues that are going on with those couples. So that's what we do. And we do a 12 week uh, course on that. And and the idea is to build some relationships, to center the time around the truth of God's word, and to love each other and pray for each other and encourage one another. So I think churches could do that. They don't have to use my curriculum, but they could come up with some lessons and teach that um, those lessons and then have a time of discussion. I think that's important with hurting people, that they have a chance to interact with the pastor or the leaders in the church. So I think churches could do that. Um, I hope to have some of that 
a material published one day. I just don't have time to put it together right now, but I just use my own material and do that, but churches could, could adapt their own. So I think that's an outreach to family members. And of course, biblical counseling is a great way to, to minister to, to suffering people who are really reeling from the choices of their family members. And um, uh, what a great place to come to get the truth of God's word, which is, I mean, that's the only way I can even stay sane today is to know that uh, the truths of that God uh, loves me and cares for me and, and has a good plan and purpose for this, and that he's glorified himself through the things that I, that I go through personally on a day-to-day basis. So uh, I think churches have tons to offer people and, and lots of hope, uh, real hope, to offer families that struggle. Then I think with addicts, um, there are ways to invite them to come uh, biblical counseling is probably the the best a one on one kind of scenario, um, but even offering workshops or weekly meetings if you have a team of people uh, where addicts can come in and and spend some time in an evening setting uh, studying the word and talk they want to talk so a lot of the meetings secular or Christian are formatted in such a way that they get a chance to have a voice and to talk a little bit. And I think that's good. For me as a counselor, I can hear them talk, and then I can identify maybe some lies that they're believing, some things that they need to correct in their theology or the way they're thinking about um, their family members or God or whomever. But um, that is one way. And, and, you know, churches oftentimes want a program, and, and there are some good programs out there, but sometimes they can just meet and and hold a, a meeting, call it something with addiction in the title, you know, and invite the community to come in. And who knows how many would come? Maybe it would only be five or ten, but I think that's still a value. You have those come in, <clears throat> have a 12-week uh, teaching lesson laid out, and you do a lesson, and then afterwards you give them time to respond, talk about that, and get to know them. A great outreach for a church to do through the week then inviting them into Sunday morning church and and uh, Sunday school worship or and those activities I think is is a great uh, tool you know to use. Yeah. Well, that's great counsel and uh, Dr. Shaw. We sure appreciate you taking some time on the podcast uh, to help us think about addictions. Um, if you're listening and you'd like to learn more information about uh, the Bible's approach to addiction, I'd encourage you to check out Dr. Shaw's book, The Heart of Addiction. And uh, also for those families listening that are trying to reach out and minister to uh, addicts that might be friends or family, uh, Dr. Shaw's book, Divine Intervention, is a great resource. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Shaw and his ministry, I'd encourage you to check out his website, www.histruthandlove.com. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. For more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, please visit our website at thecbcd.org.